Hey guys, uh, welcome to the podcast. Today, Steve and I. Hey Steve. What's going on guys? Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the new Final Fantasy. We beat it, and we kind of wanted to discuss a little bit about what we thought about it. You know, what went wrong there after Chapter 9 and all this other stuff. So, just give you guys a heads up. Completely spoilers everywhere, so if you haven't played it yet, you don't listen to this until after you play it. But uh, Or if you don't care, just, yeah. So, I think we both felt like after Chapter 9, it kind of devolved, right? Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, both from a story and gameplay element, it it really, I think you said it best. Final Fantasy Thirteen was an on rails game up until the end, and then it just throws an open world or somewhat of an open world at you. And this is the exact opposite. Yeah, it started off like chapter one through nine is huge open world. It's probably one of the best worlds I've ever played in a video game. I loved it more than something like Witcher. And then it just, after Chapter 9, it just went back on rails. You're only doing one thing. Like, you literally, you legitimately get on a train, and that's it. You just go on a train forever. And that's the most on-rails thing I can think of. <laughs> I felt like it was so symbolic, too. Like, it really was, yeah. It was like they knew themselves. Like, all right, guys, we're literally throwing you on rails through this last bit of the game. So, I mean, we all played it. Chapter 1 through 9, and then you get to the Leviathan thing. I felt like... Personally, there wasn't enough character development with Noctis and Luna, Luna, uh, what is her name? Luna Freya. I, I understood it from paying attention to all the, the anime, the, the movies. I watched a little bit of the behind-the-scenes things, and, and they are kind of showing a little bit about Noctis's and, and Luna Freya's like, relationship. But at the same time, in the main game, like not everybody's going to go out of their way to like live inside of the whole extended universe. But like inside of the game, it just... It didn't feel like there was any character development. For, I mean, for Christ's sake, they have phones, but she doesn't give them a call or just say, hey, what's going on? No, she sends a friggin' dog with, like, you know, an email. Like, what is that? That's so weird. <laughs> I went and saw Kingsglaive when it came out in theaters back in, like, October or something like that, which I love, by the way. I recommend everybody see it if you're a fan of Final Fantasies. Um, not a great movie, but a great gaming slash Final Fantasy movie. Yeah, they, they had so much more character development for Noctis and Luna in that movie that I felt like if I hadn't seen the movie and also people I know that have played it that did not never watch the movie, they weren't torn. I don't think we've said it yet, but, uh, you know, at the end of Chapter 9, Luna dies, Arden kills her. Mm-hmm. And uh, when that happens, it's bittersweet. Well, it sucks, period, not bittersweet. But one of the reasons it's so... Um, supposed to be so, you know, gut-wrenching is the fact that the entire chapter, you know, the game starts with, hey, bunch of bros going out and just traveling to a wedding and having a good time. Right after chapter one, you know, the war starts. They, you know, start sieging Insomnia. You know, he goes to try and, you know, meet up with Luna, and you finally get to her. You've been trying to get to her the whole game, and literally all they get to do is exchange glances and smiles at each other, and then she gets killed. And that sort of, you just got to the point you were working for. I was fine with that. I thought that was a really good element, and I thought that it was a really, like, touching and a very strong, like, emotional. It made sense, yeah. But (laughs) I have friends that played it and was like, dude, I really didn't care that she died. Like, Yeah, I I, I kind of felt the same way. Like, I I understood what they were trying to do, but at the same time, like, there was no character development. Like, we didn't get to talk one-on-one with, like, Noctis and Luna. After she's dead in her flashbacks and afterlife segments than you do 
up until she dies. And once again, they were doing that to be like, you know, there was the obvious mysticism that they were trying to, everybody knew she was alive, but at first, you know, with them reporting that she was dead, you knew she wasn't. Um, And they tried to play on that a little too long, I think. And they never really hammered the fact that her and Noctis were really, really close growing up until she got taken away. They were like best friends and and grew up together and like they were really close when they were younger. And then uh, Niflheim or whatever, when they they had attacked Altitia, or not Altitia, um, where she from, that place you go to. Yeah, it's in like chapter 11 or 12. But they uh, attacked that place and they took her from there. You know, you actually knocked this. I I don't think he ever saw her again up until... You know, the I think they kept the touch or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And then once it came, hey, we're going to do this for diplomacy reasons, you know, it was win-win because they were so close and also they were important. You know, it's a video game. It's a really different kind of world than our world. But it, it uh, I, I really do think that they, I agree completely. They did not flesh that out enough at all. And I mean, they did a little bit more with Kingsglaive, but not enough. it still wasn't. Yeah. It just didn't, I didn't feel for Luna, and I'm probably one of those people who were like, oh, she died. And like, I had a bunch of friends who were like, oh my god, she died. I was like, A, I saw it coming, because B, it was basically, they were trying to parody, or they were trying to parallel with Seven. Like, oh no, Eris died. Uh. At the same time, I just, I knew it was going to happen, because it's just that, as soon as they had that glance, I was like, oh great, she's going to fucking die now. It was kind of telegraphed, and I don't know, it's just... I felt more attached to the dudes. Like I felt, I felt more upset that Ignis had lost his vision than with Luna oh, Frey yeah, dying, yeah, honestly. Sure. Because I felt yeah. more like in tune with Ignis than, than Luna Freya. I agree completely. When they like the next morning woke up and he was like, "Wait, is Luna dead?" and Ignis is like, "Yeah." And then he turns around. and He's like, "By the way, bro, I'm blind." I was like, "No, Ignis, fuck Luna. Why are you blind, Ignis?" Yeah, no, I felt but so bad. I, like, I felt like I did that to him. I was like, oh, no. But, like, with the Luna Freya thing, I was like, I knew that was going to happen, and there was no way around it. But, like, I didn't see the, the Ignis thing coming. And it just it, it hit me harder, way harder than it did with Luna Freya. Well, I think one thing I will say, and the fact that they didn't really dwell on her death kind of solidifies this thought for me, is I think her, I mean, obviously they want you to be a little like, oh no, Luna Freya died, you know, Noctis was supposed to marry her, and yada yada yada. I think more so though, the importance of that was the fact that Arden, you real, I mean, you kind of know Arden's up to something in the first place, because he's helping you, but he's also, you know, the Chancellor for um, Niflheim, so you know he's up to something, but Double timing, yeah. It really hits, like, it was, I think her dying was more to solidify the fact that okay, Arden is definitely the bad guy here, and something's up with him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, wasn't as big as like the Sephiroth, you know. I don't want to say reveal, but like how they made you, you know, feel with with what happened there. Yeah. Like you said, they're definitely trying to go for that, but he, uh, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I think the more important thing is right after that, the game just starts to spiral out of control in my opinion. Yeah, like, from chapter 1 through 9, I mean, we all got this huge overarching, crazy world where we got to see, you know, this is happening, you know, this is the Titans area, this is the crazy meteor, yada, yada, yada. But in 15, they had a great world, and it just didn't do anything with it when it came to towns or politics. Like, you had... When you got to chapter 12 or 13, where you got to go talk to the 
the one treasury lady or whatever her name is, secretary lady, it, it seemed like a really cheap way of bringing some sort of political system into the into the whole thing. But for a game that's all about, you know, a, a war between two warring nations, like, you really didn't feel any of that, other than the fact that, like, Noctis was being tracked down by a bunch of robots or whatever. Yeah, I... The whole game, like, it sucks, because going into the game, I didn't realize that the zone you unlock in, like, Chapter 3, which is the entirety of Lucius, except for Insomnia... I didn't think I didn't realize that was the game. I mean, I thought that we would get to actually see some of Insomnia before, you know, the end part, which doesn't really count, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But I, I, I that and Niflheim, like I felt like you got these two big ass cities and factions that are so important. We spend all of our time, you know, if you choose to do so, but a majority of the game just running around inside of Lucius, which it's like the outskirts, you know what I mean? It, it just yeah, just kind of like the Podunk town outside of the main city, Podunk yeah, area. I, I think that, I mean, starting with chapter ten, it seems to be the general consensus is most people love chapter one through nine. There are a couple people that don't seem bothered by chapter ten to fourteen, but for the most part, I, I feel like most people I've talked to either did not like it at all or were disappointed in it. I think chapter starting with chapter 10, you know, chapter 10 could have been a great chapter because it was hitting you in the gut about, you know, A, Noctis is obviously torn about the Luna thing, but you got Ignis, was Ignis blind. being blind. Yeah, and, yeah. and Gladio was giving him shit for it. Which Exactly. Some people got really upset with Gladio, but at the same time, like, I'm right there with Gladio. Like, get your shit together, Noctis. We still have a thing to do. I understand that your, your wife well, or whatever died, but, dude, you still need to, like, continue going. I think that a part of that, though, is that because us as the player, once again, like you said, we didn't get to see that relationship that Noctis had with Luna Freya. I mean, Noctis, it's, it's you know, we're playing this game through the eyes of Noctis, and that's really where they missed the jump, is that Noctis was so much more upset about Luna Freya than we as the players playing him were. Yeah. And I think that's where that divide happened, is I think if we actually, if we got that sort of Aries style or Aerith, whatever that style of a connection throughout the game and that sort of relationship building or you know any other RPG that has a a, a love interest with the main character if it would have been fleshed out more then we might have obviously st I still cared about Ignis and I was upset about that I did think when it first happened and Gladio was talking to him Gladio was kind of a dick about it when they were still in the hotel room yeah but just what he said like you need to get over her she's dead blah blah blah. You know, it was like the next morning. Like, I, I get where he's coming from. You know, you got people like Ignis who are not sacri hadn't sacrificed their life, so to say. But, I mean, he sacrificed his vision just to try and keep that alive and to, you know, make it for nothing. But I think mm -hmm. that uh, they really dragged that out in that chapter. You know, they built that rapport between the bros and, and chapter 10. I mean, they were, you know, that was their point was to hit it hard and, and to make you, like, man, you know, they kind of create a depressing atmosphere of what was going on. They but, definitely succeeded in that. Oh, yeah. They just drug it out too far, in my opinion. Like, I don't know how many times Gladio bitched at me for running ahead of Ignis. Yeah, I'm sorry. That is yeah, one of the biggest but... things we fixed in that chapter, because like, I got sick and tired of it. I felt bad, because I had to, but, like, I'm not going to wait for Gimpy McGimpy, Blindy uh, Ignis to just, like, stumble around. Like, no, like, I'm going to go ahead and, like, clear the way and shit. 
But don't keep yelling at me constantly over and over. It was like ten times. I was like, this is just getting irritating. Yeah, I think it was just a hidden way for Square to try and uh, artificially increase the length of the game. Probably, yeah. Get back here and walk with Ignis so we can make this chapter four hours instead of one. So, speaking of artificially uh, creating more game at the end there, with, I mean, they've already come out and said that in chapter 13, like, I didn't have a problem from, like, you know, 11 and 12, because, I mean, they were literally so short that they were on that train with the whole Shiva thing. And the Shiva review was kind of lame, but, like, it was just, it was like, on rails, boom, boom, and then 13. 13 was literally three hours long, and it was probably the most tedious and irritating chapters of the entire game. There was no reason to keep it for 13, or for three hours, and it it was painful. So painful. Yeah, I think I said it before on a previous podcast we did, or maybe it was before we actually started, but the beginning of 13 literally felt like a cheap version of Outlast 2. Like, they wanted you to hide and let the enemies get past you and then sneak out. It was so bad from a gameplay perspective, but also from a story perspective, not only did we really get no story until the end, which, you know, a three-hour-long chapter that you hate is not worth going through to get a little bit of story at the end, but also the uh, corridors of that building we were in was like copy and paste that it felt and it didn't have one floor it didn't have two floors it didn't have three floors it had fucking seven, seven floors and yeah, it was that ridiculous. was like you okay <laughs> three would have been like all right i get the point five maybe even you can say they really wanted to make you like hate that area you know it's just part of but when you do seven you're literally just slapping me in the face like we're just making this unnecessarily long and there's no reason like nothing happens between chapter one or uh, floor one to seven uh, other than, you know, a couple little things here and there that really like, was like, Oh my God, there's, I need to go through two more floors of this. And this, the story is getting crazy. I mean, the prompto reveal was probably one of the worst things they've done. What did that, what did that even signify? Like, I don't understand. Like he's an empty, like is he, I don't understand that. um, Basically he was a, resident of Niflheim and they took him and tried to use him in their like beer or whatever they were yeah to technically magitechs are demons yeah or demons like they spell them in that game for some reason but um there's the argument some people have made that he's like maybe partially demon i don't think it ever went that far but i think they were more so just trying to hit the fact of hey he's technically a He's technically from Niflheim, and we're supposed to hate him. But obviously, nobody felt that way. And yeah, for no. them to throw that in there like that, it just seemed like they were trying to force some sort of... There's no point leading up to that in which you think that. Like, yeah, they have that, like, sit-down he does with uh, Noctis, where he tells him about how he was, like, you know, he didn't have friends as a kid and whatnot. And that still never points to that. And so to just throw it in there, it felt so cheap and unnecessary. And even they literally just talk about it for, like, what? two minutes, and then they're like, oh, no, man, it's okay. You're still one of us. And then that's it. They never look at it again. They never talk about it again. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter, yeah. Like, I liked the whole Prompto being a fat kid in the anime, and that that hit me harder because, like, it was better character development than, like, the quick MT thing. It's like, oh, oh, look, I'm part demon or I'm part from Niflheim. Oh, God, look, I can open a door. I feel like the entire reason they did that was so that they could open doors. Like, I don't understand that. 
Well, I don't feel that because they could have come up with something cheaper, not had that specific door be there in the first place. I really just think they wanted to have some. Uh, it's almost like people played through that the chapter and was like, "Man, this sucks," and they had the same feelings as we did, and they were like, "Oh, well, let's try to throw something." cool twist at the end to make it worthwhile yeah and it wasn't a cool twist it was a fucking terrible one it it was dumb it was unnecessary and it it, it did not help the game but furthermore on to that point chapter 13 most of this the actual story and um somewhat twist you get in that chapter then they all come were, from books yeah like books like scattered around and like logs talking about how they were using the people of niflheim and they were disappearing and being used as like experience. Yeah, one of uh, a friend of mine played through it, and I, some people might have the same feeling when they get to the part where you find Ravis and he's dead, and yeah, you end up fighting him because he becomes a demon. But when you find him laying there dead, and he has all those reports around or those notes that he wrote to Luna saying like, you know, we we're gonna take the king to knock this, and we have to do it, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Nobody realized. Everybody was like, why? All my friends were like, why is why was Ravis randomly dead there? Did demons attack him? No. You get told in a random fucking loading screen. Not not a cinematic, not a dialogue segment even. A random loading screen, and I think it also does it in a radio segment at the end of 12, if you listen to that radio. Which I did And which they say, they say that he was executed. Because yeah. Uh, yeah. he was responsible for the death of Luna, is how they worded it. The Empire tried, or the Niflheim tried to spin it. And, like... So many people didn't know that because they didn't. That's a that's a that to me was more important than the prompto reveal. See, the thing with chapter thirteen, what really happened was it just it was it was a combination of both bad level design, horrendous level design, poor storytelling. Like at the beginning of chapter or the end of chapter twelve, you're like unconscious, and then Arden steals all your weapons, and you're just like, okay, that's I'm sorry, but like if you've ever played a game of D and D. And like you, oh, you wake up and you have no weapons. That's such shitty storytelling. Like you, now you don't have any weapons. You have to fight with your bare hands. Like nobody likes that. But then like yeah, the exactly. to give him just the shitty ass ring that had bad gameplay mechanics, and on top of the the terrible level design, like every once in a while you would get a little goblin that would show up, and you'd have to like waste half of your goddamn MP to like explode him. It wasn't fun. Yep. Like they just the, the biggest part that really irritated me was that. All the way through chapter one through nine, it was like brotherhood, togetherness, all four of your people. And then to separate Noctis from the other three, I don't understand why they did that because it playing by yourself was so horrendous and, and just angering because you would always be targeted by like three. If there was more than one thing, you'd just be screwed and you just have to um, like, you know, just dodge the dodge magic Square. ring thing. Yeah, it was so bad. But on top of really? the their their failed attempts at making like this some sort of horror survival level design. Like, it's an RPG. Why would the fuck would you throw in some sort of horror elements to it? Like, it's an RPG. Don't try to make it into a different type of game. There's just yeah, no reason for that. that. I don't know what they were trying to go there. I was just going to say, I think, I think why they separated the bros was because they wanted to create this, like, feeling of, you know, loneliness and, and being separated from them, and you obviously wanted to get them. The problem is that they didn't make the gameplay fun while you were separated from them. So it wasn't, I didn't, I mean, obviously I wanted to get back with the bros, but it wasn't because I wanted to be with the bros. It was because I wanted the fucking terrible gameplay to end. 
It was I, bad. I cannot tell you how many times I yelled at the TV screen, like, oh my god, is this just fucking almost over? Like, how many more levels? <laughs> Not another floor. <laughs> or like, yeah, or like I was, I was, like the, the, the bunch of jump scares with it, like the stupid MTs would jump up and grab you. And it's just like, okay, look, okay. there's another one moving. He's obviously going to jump up and grab me. Oh, look, it's the same crap over and yep. over and over again. Or like the one monster that would come up and I'd try to run away from him, but I couldn't kill him because I didn't have a sword and all I had was a stupid ring. And I'd always have to like pop an ether to get all my MP back just so that way I could dodge him a bunch of times. Just to kill him. Like, I couldn't do anything other than just, you know, the dumbest gameplay mechanics. And it's just frustrating. I also think the fact that literally the only time... I know he wasn't, like, the A main character, but the king of Niflheim, you find his robes laying on the throne, and then you later go and fight a demon and find out that that's him. And, like, I know this game was more about Arden, and it was more about, like, Arden being the bad guy. I know he was the one pulling the strings at Niflheim, but I mean, you got the king of the Southern Empire, and you just get to his throne room, robes laying there, you're like, oh, this looks like it might be uh, the king's robes. And then later, this winged demon, winged demon is chasing you around, and it's like, oh, that's him. He turned into a demon. Like, I felt like they so, like... They didn't use the characters well. Like, in the beginning, exactly. there was that one cutscene where it was Arden, it was Ravis, it was a bunch of other people that were hanging around, and I didn't, I don't remember anybody else's name, because they didn't, A, explain any of them, or B, flesh them out, but, like, at the same time, they just, like, either somebody died off-screen and was told about it in, like, a note or something, and it was just, like, you have so many, like, that's why I feel like they didn't use their political or military, you know, strengths that they used to in, like, all these other games. Like, in 8, all of that was fleshed out. In 7, like, Shinra, all of it was fleshed out, but in 15, it's just, like, we have an army, it's by these guys. Arden's this, this, you know, the real bad guy, and all we get to see is him, and everybody else dies off screen. It just, it was so, yeah. just bad storytelling. Well, it, it felt rushed and cheap. I mean, they they really build the world and the story, chapters one through nine. I mean, even like when you go and you fight Titan and you get him, they kind of led up to that, and they built out that part, and it was fleshed out, and like it felt like part of the world. And even when you were fighting the... um the Magitechs, as they would drop in on you, like it, it felt like it was literally like a fleshed out world with story going on. And then it's like, once again, 10 through 14, it just beelines you through everything, not fleshing anything out and just throwing plot twists at you back to back to back, which almost made them all meaningless because it was just, it's like you could tell it was trying too hard to wrap up the game. Here's my theory on that. They did lose Tetsuya Nomura like halfway through, like, you know, three-fourths of the way through, and then that, that other person showed up. I can't remember his name. Different director. And then that's, I feel like that's what happened. Like, Tetsuya Nomura got up to nine, and then whoever took over just kind of did the rest. But he had, like, something fleshed out. He's like, just get it done. It needs to get out. Well, to that part, a lot of people don't realize is um, Nomura actually wanted thirteen or uh, 15 to be told in a trilogy, like 13. He wanted it to be a three-part series. And, you know, once... I can't remember his name either, the guy that took over. Once he came in and the, you know, Square decided, no, we want to not stretch this out. We want to get it out as one game. And, you know, they felt like after after 13's three... Well, the thing is, is 13 and 13-2 and 13-3 wasn't bad because it was a trilogy. It was bad because they were bad games because 13 was a bad game with a bad story. 
I, I agree with you. I think that they're, you know, they probably built that sort of open world of Lucius, and that's where they were going to contain the first part of the game. And who knows, maybe maybe it would have ended with us at the end of Chapter 8 and Chapter 9 leaving for Altitia, and Part 2 would have been Altitia, and a more fleshed-out Altitia and everything that's going on there. I, I Another thing I didn't like was how it seemed like Altitia was built for nothing. Um, the, the actual harbor and all that fun stuff. When you first go in there and you're on the boat and you're looking at it and it's all beautiful, you can run around between the, cert- the few parts and take the boat back and forth, but you're literally only there for just that chapter and it's only, like, if you just do the story, it's like an hour or less long, uh, an hour or less. And once again, it just felt like they had the assets created for that and they expected it to be so much more and they just, you know, they rushed through everything there. And it, was such, it, it was such a bland city, really. Like There was nothing going on. Like The only thing you would run around for... I mean, all the shops were exactly the same. You could find some hidden items, and that was about it. Did you have fun looking at the dress? Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> like, oh, look, a dress. Four, like, they were four talking dudes, about it. like, hey, bro, look, check out that dress. Yeah, that was so unnecessary. Weird. Yeah, well, I guess it all culminates with to the the end chapter 14 which i don't know why they didn't just stretch it and have a chapter 15 you know final fantasy 15 15 chapters that would make more sense um yeah and trust me they could have split chapter 13 into two chapters they definitely could have done that how do you feel about the whole time lapse from like 10 years like how did you feel about that oh my gosh i hated it i hated it not only because it made me feel so separated from a world that i was so connected to but also, they never really explain why it happens. It's just like, fuck, this is going to crawl up into this crystal and crystal and talk to Bahamut, and it's ten years later. And I'm in a stone prison off the shore of, uh, what was that called? Golden Key. Quire, yeah, whatever that was called. So I, I, I felt like, I, I assume they're just going with the, it took him ten years to absorb the power of the crystal or whatever, mm-hmm. but it was, it was dumb. I didn't see that coming. Like, when you came back, like, I was like, oh, damn, like, how long have I been gone? I have a beard, okay, so it's been a little while. Like, maybe, like, oh, maybe I've been gone in there for, like, a week or, or something like that, and everybody else's, this whole world's gone to hell in a week. But then the kid drives up, and I was like, ten years? Like, what the f***? Okay, that, that's, I didn't see it coming, but at the same time, <laughs> Talk it's just it, like... you hit puberty fast. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Real, real quick, though, on the whole chapter 14, because you were, again, alone, like, weren't you just super pissed about just having to fight, like, remember the demon wall? Did you have to fight that, like, real briefly? I will be honest with you. I When Chapter 14 started and I woke up and I, I ran up the docks of the harbor there, I fought as, as much as I could, and as soon as I got out, I just beelined. I ran through. Ran, you could skip everything. You didn't have to fight anything. And, yeah. no, I definitely skipped the demon wall. I just ran right by it. One of the biggest problems I had with 14 was that it's actually supposed to be, it's, uh, what's the word for it? It's recommended to be level 45, and I was 46 or 47, all the way through that thing. I got fucking two-shot by everything. It was the dumbest. I did not understand that. Yeah. Like, the gameplay was so garbage. Like, I wasn't the person who used magic a lot. I didn't, like, uh, put a lot of points into that. So I was still using weapons. And it was, I'm supposed to be level 45, and I'm fighting something that's, like, level 80. And it, I don't know why it kept two-shotting me, or I'd have to have... Not one, but two summons. I had to get into a critical state twice to get two summons to kill something that was level 86. How was that recommended 45? And there was a couple fights when I went back into the main city 
that I had to fight them. Like I could, I just couldn't walk around them. I had to fight them, and it was it was painful. Well, it was bad gameplay. I felt like before you get to Insomnia, I think they wanted you to run by things. I think they wanted to paint this picture of yes, you're strong or whatever, but ten years later the demons have taken over and become so strong that the world is really on the brink of destruction and the star scourge is really screwing things up. I think that's what they were trying to portray. And so they didn't want you really to be able to fight some of those things. I did feel like actually once you get to insomnia, Oh, which by the way, we get to hammerhead. All the bros are there. You know, everybody's 10 years older. That's cool. Where's Cindy? Yeah, I I was looking for her. I couldn't find her. They said she was in hammerhead. They even say that Sid went to, uh, but she decided to stay around uh, Hammerhead. You know, all all of the shit that I did for her, you would think she would want to see me. Yeah, I Maybe was not this. Nowhere to be seen. What I was really weirded out about was that, like, you know, the guys could uh, grow facial hair, change their hairstyles, but they couldn't find new sets of clothes in 10 years. Like, they were wearing the exact same thing. It was really weird. <laughs> it's just, I don't yeah. understand that. That, that's the other thing I hated about the game is, okay, we have this outfit system. There's only, like, four to six outfits. Which shade of black do you want? Like, yeah. There was no variety there. We have this new, uh, if you have the season pass or whatever, you're going to get a couple outfits because of this yeah, holiday, Christmas, Christmas holiday. season thing, which, that's cool and all, but, like, did you have you seen them? They are some ugly-ass costumes. Yeah, I'm not even, They're I'm bad. not going to start that game back up unless... They they right now the season pass is supposed to be comprised of holiday pack, booster pack, which booster pack's probably gonna be not too great either. And then there's a pack for Gladio, Ignis, and Prompto telling their stories. And then the last one is just titled Expansion Pack, which I'm hoping is actually like decent content. That's probably when I'll come back to the I might you know, Gladio pack or whatever is supposed to come out in January. I might Gilgamesh, give it a whirl, yeah. but it's, that'd be a pretty cool thing to see is Gilgamesh. But, well, but, you know it's going to take place during the time where he left the group. And oh, is it? you know that Ignis is... Yeah, I mean, they haven't said, but when he leaves the group and then comes back and they never touch on that again, I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to... That's what that's going to tell. And I think that yeah, Ignis's will that. probably be... I'm pretty sure Ignis's will be, like, the, the fight and whatever he was they were doing when he lost his vision. And I think Prompto's will be um, either when he, after Noctis knocks him off the train, the time he's with Arden, or it'll be like a pre, like him when he was Magitek slash in Niflheim kind of thing. Actually, you know what I think? The, uh, here's my theory on the Ignis part. It's going to be during the 10 years that uh, Noctis is, you know, stuck in the crystal. All you're going to get is audio, and everything's going to be black screen. It'll be, it'll, it'll be like uh, Neo at the end of the Matrix. <laughs> You'll oh my just, God. See, <laughs> just see like an yeah. outline of Arden. Oh, God. Okay, so you were saying about the Neo, the whole Matrix thing. Is it just me, or did like the entire ending fight when they like pulled out all the different swords or whatever, and it was Arden versus Noctis, did that feel like they were flying around a city like Neo versus uh, Agent Smith? That ending, I it did. Like... Like hitting each other and flying, you know, through across through buildings and everything. It really did feel like. So I mean, it was painful. it was cool, but it was yeah, it was very like. Tr- they tried too hard to make it an epic fight. I thought the effort uninspired. Fight I didn't like the effort fight. I felt like be- I was I spent uh, my my almost my entire time 
from chapter 13 to 14, getting two-shot by stuff, or just getting beat up, like, mercilessly by stuff, in my fucking inventory. Like, my item list, I was in there, I was in my inventory much longer than I was actually fighting throughout 14 and 13. It was so bad. I just would get hit, like, with something, and I had to, like, Mega Phoenix everybody. It wasn't fun. Yeah, the difficulty definitely ramps up. I think it's it's supposed to be a little bit just because it's the final balls, but it it did feel a little unnecessary at parts. The gameplay, it wasn't fun anymore. It was just, I wanted it to end. The gameplay, the the gameplay wasn't fun. The the story was just nonsensical. It just lost its its bearings and just became unplayable. So, once we get to the actual ending, you defeat Arden, the bros are out, getting ready to go into the throne room. The, The three, Prompto, Ignis, and Noctis, kind of, you know, tell Noctis farewell and that they're gonna, you know, None of the demons get into the throne room and interrupts what he's about to do. And you see two iron giants spawn in the room, which don't get me wrong. Iron giants were a pain in the ass. Yeah. But I had killed, there's a post-game dungeon that I did right after beating the game where I actually have to fight three fire giants at the same time, as well as a bunch of other little ads running around. That was a pain in the ass and clearly more difficult than, than two iron giants would be. But yeah. what happens Noctis walks in, he does the ritual, he gains the power of the kings and of the summons, whatever they're called, I forget, astrals. And he gets sent to the like afterlife stage so he can finally put Arden away because Arden is this guy that apparently was once of the Lucius bloodline. Star Scourge happened before. He was trying to save the people from the demons, so he began to, he found a way to absorb the demons. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't doing it for power. He was just doing it to keep people safe. He was genuinely a good bro. Once it came time for him to ascend through the crystal, become become a, a, a king in the afterlife kind of thing, they rejected him because they said he was tainted from absorbing all the demons. They cursed him with being immortal, and that caused him, because they were like, we never want you here with us, so we're going to make you immortal, so you can never get here. Did, did you, did you catch all that through like the main story or from the like the last dungeon? Because I never did the last dungeon. I learned about his past through books in chapter, I want to say 13, maybe. Why, why, why um, would you not like explain that, like the main story? Oh, I agree completely, 100%. They tell you a little bit when you get to the part, when you get to the part where you go to climb up in the crystal, he tells you, and then Bahamut tells you a little bit about it. Definitely not enough, but they do tell you a little bit. But actually, I really, I did like that. I did like Arden as a character. I did like his reasoning. Like, he was genuinely a good guy. But the Astrals, who, you know, in this situation, they seem like a dick, refused to let him in because they were like, eh, he's tainted from absorbing all those demons, which he was only doing to help his people. And, you know, that created, he became salty, (laughs) <laughs> and kind of had a vendetta that he was going to end the Lucius bloodline, and Noctis is the you know the next in line to become the king of kings and ascend in that form. That's why he's helping Noctis along the way is because he can't fulfill what he wants to fulfill without Noctis being the king, without him absorbing that power and having the power of the ring. It's kind of like a prophecy that Noctis needed to be powerful enough to defeat Arden, but Arden had to win that fight. He had to get strong enough to defeat Arden, but Arden wanted to say, screw that prophecy and kill Noctis. So right then and there, the Lucius bloodline ended and there was no more bloodline to, to, and the crystal would die and all that fun stuff. Without, without actually 
further development of Ar- Arden's story without actually reading those. I must have missed those, like, books or whatever, or those notes or, or, or whatever you found. Because I just didn't feel like Arden had any kind of motivation. And if you missed that, and if somebody else missed that, like, it just didn't feel like a good villain. Like, you know, I understood Sephiroth. I understood Ultimecia. I understood uh, Titus's father or whoever. Like, all those villains. It's just Arden didn't seem like a like a viable villain because I missed some books apparently. Like why I don't understand that's so stupid. Yeah, it's a really dumb move on their part. And I think they've said they're gonna do a patch and I'm sure that's what they're gonna touch on is fleshing out stuff like that. They need it's to, it's so bad. Obviously for us, having already beat the game, that's a little disappointing. But at least they're they realize that they they fucked up and they're gonna try and fix it. Because I think you fix that, and Arden as a bad guy is actually a pretty legit bad guy. He makes a little more sense once you have that knowledge. You know, back, back to what I was saying, that happens. Noctis sits on the throne, gets the power of all the kings, goes to, you know, finally vanquish Arden in the afterlife, which is the only way he can truly be defeated because he's immortal, yeah. which doesn't make sense. But hey, JRPG, Final Fantasy. He, he gets there. His father's there. Luna shows up. And who steps up beside him? The three bros. Died fighting two iron giants. No, no, no. I am no. so disappointed. No, no, no. Uh, they didn't die to iron giants. Fucking Arden kills them just randomly. No, no, no. He that scene happens before the iron giant scene. He that scene where he snaps his fingers and they drop. You can see him kind of move a little bit. They're just immobilized on the ground. Oh, okay. Noctis then fights. Noctis then fights. Uh, Arden. They have the battle outside. He kind of vanquishes them. Then he goes in, uh, back in to actually sit on the throne to get the power to go into the, the afterlife, like sacrifice himself where all the kings stab him so he can go to the afterlife to defeat Arden. It's when he's walking up to the throne room to do that, that they're all together again. And he opens the door and walks in by himself. And then the camera pans over and you see two iron giants spawn in the room. Okay. Uh, and the bros go to fight him. Yeah, and that's the last time you see him. I was more salty because I thought that Arden just snaps his fingers and kills the three bros. Like, really? Really? No, that's he how just they kind of, like, immobilized them, which is still, like, where Poor that power come from. Yeah. But, yeah, but, no, they, that was just their way of making it, hey, you got a 1v1 me, bro, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I understand that. Okay, um, that makes a lot more sense to me. I was super salty about him just, like, murdering the bros. Yeah, but I'm still salty. How did they die to two Iron Giants, man? I'm I sure, trained them better than that. I'm sure there was more. Like, I felt like, I guess, the King Behemoth and, like, more of that shit just kept showing up. Yeah. I'm just assuming, because they don't show it, because they're Yeah, stupid. true. But, yeah, yeah, because they didn't show anything else in the last four chapters. One of the, one of the biggest gripes that I have about Final Fantasy XV, and we've been saying it the entire time, is that they will say stuff that doesn't matter, and then kind of just gloss over the shit that does matter. I've always liked Final Fantasy games because there's always some sort of overarching, you know, speech or something like that, like, we've got to defeat Sephiroth for these reasons, or we have to, you know, I'm Titus and I might be dead, but we we need to still, you know, save this world, yada, yada, yada. But in the end of Final Fantasy XV, it's just, I need to do this because this is what my family's supposed to do, and the best thing that they can come up with is, this is not the end. This is not the end. This is not how the story ends. And it just kept, keeps going. It's just, they're saying yeah. the most cliche action crap over and over and over again, and it just didn't feel good. Like, it just didn't have proper yeah. JRPG writing. It's all it just, cheapened. They wanted to make Final Fantasy XV much more of a Western thing, 
And I feel like the guys who wrote the the, the overarching story or whoever took over at the end just kind of goes, you know what? These people love these these crazy, you know, big fights or like this, just you know cowboy talk. It's not what we that what we come to expect with Final Fantasy games, and it it really made me salty about the whole thing. Really, it just it felt much more westernized and dumbed down than any other Final Fantasy I've ever played, and it what really frustrated me. Yeah, I agree completely. They they really screwed the pooch, especially there at the end. Noctis defeats Arden in the afterlife. Everything's good. Mission accomplished. And then it rolls credits. And then after the first credits, you get a scene where... Um, they're all sitting around talking at the campfire. Yeah, they're all around the campfire. And I will say this. That scene did kind of hit me hard. Once we got back to... Once the 10-year thing happened and you met back up with them, it still didn't feel... There was still that like separation and divide that it didn't feel like the bros... But in that scene, it did. Like, they were all chilling. And, dude, this is going to sound so dumb. But the lip quiver that they did, the animation technology of Noctis, dude, technology is getting really good. And that's when I realized that. Because they did that so well, you could you could really tell how pained Noctis was that he, he realized from Bahamut telling him that you're going to have to sacrifice yourself to save everybody. He realized that he was okay with that, and he wasn't sad about the fact that he was going to die. He was sad about the fact that he wasn't going to see his bros anymore. He did a good job with that. I mean, obviously, that wasn't really like an important story element. They just wanted to punch you in the stomach one last time. But in my opinion, the bigger thing was, after that, they rolled the credits again, and then they come back. It shows the empty throne room with the picture that you choose at the end laying there. And then when it pans over, it's Luna and Noctis, and what is assumed to be a afterlife sort of scenario, which, once again, doesn't make sense, but JRPG Square. I thought the logo reveal was really cool. The logo reveal was pretty cool, but I didn't get the character development for Luna, so I just it felt like a really cheap moment. I felt more from both that campfire scene at the end, and I felt more from the picture. Like, what picture did you choose? I actually chose the picture that you take before you leave for Altitia which was not just the bros. I should have picked the bros, but the bros and all the other friends you made back in Lucius. Okay. I chose the like one of the initial ones, what it was. The, the four, four bros of the car? Yeah, that's what a lot of people chose. Like I said, I felt more for that one, the, the picture, you know, the memories of everything, more than anything oh, else. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think um, it would have been hilarious, and I think people have done it since then, but at the end, when they're sitting there and the, the picture's laying on the throne, Luna picks it up and looks at it and smiles at uh, at Noctis. Like, oh, you know, I saw you had fun with the bros because everybody's going to pick the bros. But what if someone picked, like, a picture Cindy. of, like, Cindy's ass or something? Yeah. <laughs> she, she's just like, she's like, oh, I don't, I don't blame you, Noctis. We're all dead. We got a picture of Cindy's ass. <laughs> I, I just wonder, like, I mean, <laughs> cool feature, but they could have really screwed things up immersion-wise. I, I did feel like when, when he asked Prompto if he could have one of his pictures, that, that was kind of like a, you know, you realize there, they're not going to cheapskate out of Noctis dying here, yeah. which, you know, Square normally doesn't. You know, like I, I, I think I told you before, one of the reasons I really love Final Fantasy X is right from the beginning, they tell you that Luna's going to die, or you know, just... not Luna. No, no, no. They tell you Yuna's going to die. They tell you that, you know, that's part of being a summoner is that she is going to die at the end to banish Sin. At the end, it turns out she's not going to die, but Titus doesn't die. 
but he, you know, he disappears. He goes back to his dream world or whatever. So they did a really good job with that and that you didn't, obviously when you first find out, Hey, Yuna's going to have to die. You find it out early and you're like, man, I'm re-, and you, you grow strong, closer to that character. You grow closer to her, but you're still kind of like, I know she's eventually going to die. Then you find out she's not. And you kind of have that sense of relief, but then it's like, no, the main character is actually, he doesn't die, but I'm just going to say he dies. Like he, yeah. he's gone. That's another thing I hated is, you know, this whole journey, you know, is about getting to Luna, but also, you know, for the first nine chapters, but also getting to the throne and, and, and claiming the throne and becoming king. And Noctis never really gets that. You know, he, when you look at it, man, Noctis actually has a really, really shitty life. Good Jesus the fact that you're really. told, yeah, exactly. And you're told right at the very end, chapter 13 ending, ends with Bahamut telling you, you have to sacrifice yourself to save everybody and end the star scourge. That, to me, cheapened the experience of him dying that we didn't have. Not that we needed time, to, time to... Yeah, like there was, that was never even an option. That was never... And I thought that the reason they were doing that was because they may future do more with this these characters in this game. And I felt like I knew things might have gone... Shit might have gone sour. And some main characters might have... More main characters might have died. Who knows what would have happened. But I felt like at the end of the day, in some way, shape, or form, even if it meant like a lot of people dying or like the, the kingdom getting destroyed, Noctis would have been able to sit on that throne as a king and would be alive. You know, I really felt like this was a Final Fantasy where they weren't going to, they weren't going to have a touching ending by killing the main character, which they tend to do. Yeah. And they didn't. <laughs> they, they, did, they still did it. I think why 7 is really good for me is because I mean, you had Eris die, but Cloud, Tifa, everybody else, they lived on. Um, yeah. They accomplished their stuff, and then you got that whole reveal at the end with Red 13, like, oh, the world did survive, and yada, yada, yada. With 8, it's the same sort of situation. Everybody survived. It was really touch and go with the whole, everybody's lost in purgatory or whatever. With 10, he is dying. It felt real because you found, like, you were, you all the way through, it was like, you was going to die. But then in the end, it's like, no, she's going to survive, but Titus has to die. It's like, he was never really alive. It's like, well, damn, that's kind of a cool twist. But with 15, it's like, you don't get any of that. It's just a, it's just a fun adventure. And then Luna dies. Like, oh, we're going to go hang out with Luna. And then she dies. It's like, and then after that, after you're pissed off and like the, car- er, the, the player's just like, I don't really feel much for her. You get through, you get through the, this, this pretty horrendous, gameplay of 13 and it's just like hey you have to die now too like like you said there's no lead up and it's just it was cheap yeah the the hey we're gonna tell you that the character has to die 10 minutes before he, before he dies was it was super cheap there's no grief development for that like same thing with yeah Luna, same thing with lunafreya same thing with with uh the ending of, of, of chapter 13 it's just okay well that's that's, that's what happened moving on yep i agree but yeah. And even though yeah. it doesn't affect story, I will say that the post game of Final Fantasy fifteen is is pretty bad as well. Oh, it's I didn't even super play it. rushed. I, I did, I went through a lot of the dungeons are ridiculously hard, but not from a like hey, they're hard because they're hard. They're just hard because they made them stupidly hard, like too many enemies, higher level enemies, like getting too short. It wasn't fun. A lot of Exactly. Like they force you to use magic a lot. Um, a lot of the the cool, like, what should have been cool things about post-game, like getting the flying car, super cheap and gimmicky. Um, really? Yeah, you, once you get up to a certain speed on a road, you can take off, which is cool. But 
you have to land on a road and how it works is you have to descend to a certain altitude you you're, the, no matter how much you hold l2 or whatever it is to slow down the car while you're flying it's still going pretty fast and you have to you yourself glide it down at the right angle to land on the road while you still have some momentum and speed to it and if you don't land on the road or you come in too hot so to say the car slides off the the road and ignis or prompto or gladio is literally like oh no I'm not joking by this, by the way. They're just like, oh, no, that, that was a rough landing, or we're not going to make it. They just say, like, a one-liner, and the car slides off the road and just explodes, and it says game over. And really? some of the, like, really? as landing, some of them weren't even, like, bad landings. Like, I've come in, it must have been going a little too hot, and I'm still lined up on the road, though, and they're like, oh, no, we're going to crash. And it literally just shows my car driving up the road and then exploding. <laughs> <laughs> It says game over, and the worst part about it is it's a literal game over screen. So if you hadn't saved before you decided to fly, That's you're going to lose some time. That's and I so did. Bad. I lost like an hour at one point. It was just, it's so gimmicky. To me, it was more like if I want to get somewhere, I'm just going to fast travel. Yeah, it's basically what fly. I did. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, I still had fun playing, you know, chapters one through nine, and if I ever played again, I'm never going to do the ending again. At least until they patch it up and make it not terrible. Yeah, that's how I feel. Great game, loved it. Chapters 1 through 9 was literally one of the best gaming experiences I've had in the last who knows how many years. And, you know, I still overall would say that it's a good game. It's a good game. I recommend it to everybody. The gameplay is great. It's it's one of the better Final Fantasies in a long time. They just they They could have had a near-perfect game, and instead they just have a really good game, in my opinion. And that's that's what's depressing is, a it took you know a million years to finally come out, but b it was overall still know, disappointing. Yeah, it was it was something that I felt like so much time and effort was put into chapter one through nine, and ten through fourteen could have been decent enough that it still would have been a really great game, and it just it wasn't like it really tainted the experience for me, and I I feel like. There were some things that, you know, I know they're doing this patch now, but that's too late, man. I already I already played the game, you know. I, I bought a, a complete game for $60 on launch day that's been in development for 10 years. You know, I thought I was getting the full experience. I wasn't told it was an early access game, anything like that. And so to fix things, you know, fixing bugs, stuff like that, I, that, you know, that is what it is. That's gaming. It's a lot of hard work. A lot of technical things pop up. But to rush through a story, release it, and they'd be like, well, in a few months, we're going to release a patch that actually tells the story more. That's, that's, not, not, that's not good developing. That's publishers pushing the developers to get it out. Like, that's not good. It's going to be rolled into 2016 or 2017 for Game of the Year. It still is a contender. That being said, you know, we're kind of at the start of the 2017 Game Awards uh, schedule, so there's not plenty of time for other stuff to come out. But it was still a great game. It... it Honestly, if it was in the uh, 2016 Game Awards, it would have been my Game of the Year by far, but there wasn't really anything that came out in 2016. Yeah. That being said, I feel like they had an opportunity to make just a few changes, do a few things right in those final chapters, or they could have made it so I would have... To me, I could have propelled this game to being my final fantasy, my favorite Final Fantasy game ever. You know, it's still a good game, but it could have been a perfect been game. Yeah, and they—I don't think it's going to affect their sales. People are still going to buy it. People still already bought it. 
you know, this game was supposed to kind of save the Final Fantasy franchise, and I'm sure it's still done that, and it still will do that. But when I look at it as someone critiquing the game, it was so close, in my opinion, to being, like, the definitive Final Fantasy. Like, it was worth waiting all that time for a good Final Fantasy because they really hit it, and then it just... They missed. Here's the thing. If, if Final Fantasy XV was only Chapter 1 through 9, and it ended with Luna dying... I probably would have said Game of the Year right then and there. But then as soon as it as soon as it just devolved into this this gutter trash of a of a, just an angry I don't like I said, I don't know how many times I cursed the screen just wanting the fucking game to be over. I only continued f- uh, playing it because I wanted to finish it for the 50 game challenge and like, you know, just to just to finish it. Like I didn't want to finish it cuz I was just so angry about it. But And you knew where the story's going at that point. Yeah, and it was, it's not something to look forward to. You're just like Great, I get to go see this character I become attached to die. It's probably sitting down there. I didn't finish thirteen. It's probably just above thirteen for like one of my all time least favorite Final Fantasies, unfortunately. Because of the ending. Hopefully everything changes around with a lot of this these new updates, but we'll see. Maybe we'll we'll talk about this again once we, we get some you know, the Gilgamesh update with Gladio or something, but we'll have to wait and see. Well it'll just be interesting to see what they do with the new game plus if it's just hey, you can play through the game again, or if it's an actual, you know, there's something to it, but yeah, definitely probably worth checking out. Uh, I would imagine they're going to release that patch around the same time as the Gladio Gilgamesh update. And I think it's anticipated for January. That would be my guess. Definitely be worth seeing if they fix some of the things and obviously don't really want to play through the game again, but I can definitely look and see, uh, look up, you know, those cinematics and see how they tell the story at the end. If they tell it a better way, it may, jump the game back up there for me. I'll still be salty that it didn't launch with an actual ga- uh, full game, but it's 2016. Who does that anymore, right? Yeah, no, it's it's that might be kind of their downfall. Like I I'm you and I are both salty about this. There's a shit ton of other games that are coming out like Resident Evil 7 or I'm all about For Honor, Horizon Zero Dawn. You know, is it is the season pass even going to be worth it really? Yeah, see it's funny because Chapter 1 through 9, I was like, oh, I'm buying the season pass. Why wouldn't I buy the season pass? I want more of this game. It's only 25 bucks. You know, I'm, I'm going to buy it. For some reason, I never actually clicked the buy button. And now I'm like, do I even want to go back into that world? I'm kind of the same way, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe a few months from now or whenever that update comes out, we'll, we'll, the salt will have subsided a little bit. And we'll be like, you know what? Let's give them a chance see if they fixed it. I am pumped for 2017. There's a lot of games. I can't oh, wait. I just hope that I can get Mass Effect Andromeda in 2017, and then nobody hears from me for like two weeks. <laughs> right? To me, me and um, for honor probably. I'm pumped for Neo too, though. Oh yeah, Neo. Yeah, well, different time, but yeah, that's gonna be fun. Let's go. Probably gonna put up the uh, video for that in tomorrow. So, so keep an eye out for that, guys. Uh, I'll be putting up the new video tomorrow for Neo on our. Uh, Fridays on YouTube, so make sure you check that out if you haven't subscribed already. And yeah, uh, podcast every week and stuff. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed our ranting about Final Fantasy. Hope you guys, you know, followed with us on that. Let us know in the comments what you want us to play next or what you guys want us to talk about. And see you guys again. Thanks. <laughs>